Hi there, today is Saturday, April 3rd. My name is Matt, and our scripture reading is from Mark 15, 27 to 34. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I'm writing about Easter on Valentine's Day. The world is decorated in red balloons, flowers, and sweets, boasting admirable love narratives. It's impossible to not reflect on love when all around is dripped in a love hysteria. So I do. I ponder. I wonder. And I pause long enough to consider. My pondering has found its conclusion in Mark 15. When I've considered true and divine love before, my mind has gone more so to Jesus' arrival in John 1. Jesus leaving his home to move into our neighborhood from the message has always compelled me. Jesus' life of seeing, moving towards, touching, and healing in the gospel accounts has always inspired me. But sitting here now reading Mark 15, 27 through 34, has brought me to a halt. This is love unprecedented. Bigger than anything we could muster and capture in a selfie, this is the kind of love that changes eternities. First, it was a love fulfilled. The descent was foretold. It was necessary. Our sin was and is so grand that a love could truly conquer death, must not be tepid, but radical. The tremendous consequence of sin was foreknown, and the cost to conquer sin would also be foretold if it were to be fulfilled. Verse 28. Second, it was a love dethroned. The God of the universe penned through Isaiah's fingertips that his only son would be counted among the outlaws. Isaiah 53. What a descent. To leave heaven as a king, to be born a humble baby, to die an outlaw. Jesus' death blared pain and rejection, so much so that even the outlaws taunted him. Jesus invited such a descent for the sake of our ascent. His love transcended more than just physical pain, but the full extent of emotional pain. He took on fear, shame, and ultimate rejection for love. And third, his love stood alone. Jesus' cry in verse 34 is haunting. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Without a deep dive into the theological implications of such a statement, may we linger on the reality that at that moment, Jesus carried both the weight of love and its tremendous cost upon his own throbbing shoulders. It isn't required to turn a corner and make it about us. A very appropriate response is simply to sit to awe, to cry, to receive. His unfathomable love for us has no comparison. Yet, 
It was every bit necessary for such a conditioned sinner like myself. If there is personal truth worth considering, perhaps it would be that his love both rescues us and revives us to what our love should entail. 1 John 4.19 reminds us that we love because he first loved us. While our love will never compare, perhaps it will at least hint to a watching world what true love is. The kind of love that is unpopular, all alone, to those who seemingly deserve it least, is a love that is noticed. That is a love that will last. That is a love that will be inquired about. It is a Jesus kind of love. 